Hello and welcome to Community Topics number 13 of Dualist Community. I am dealing with shit all the fucking time. And the more I realize that's okay, the more I accept it, less I resist it, the more peace and freedom I experience in every single moment. That was beautifully said. I have nothing to add to that. I just want to say that I'm incredibly excited. I'm also very hungry. And I say that because as much as I say we shouldn't look towards the future all the time because it takes us out of the present and removes our appreciation for what's going on right now. And I am thoroughly enjoying this conversation right now and I will enjoy the rest of this episode. But we are only 11 days away at this point from our retreat where we will be having just delicious meals day after day. We have a, a Mediterranean night. We have an Indian night. Uh, we have a barbecue night. We've got a taco night. We've got a breakfast bar. There's day after day of delicious meal after delicious meal. I couldn't be more excited, or at least that's how my stomach feels. And I just wanted to mention this because we're coming up to the retreat. Very shortly, the tickets will no longer be available. This is essentially a last call because as of next Wednesday, we can no longer modify the menu to accommodate everybody's uh, dietary restrictions or their preferences. So as of next Wednesday, the tickets are no longer available. At the moment, we have nine guests. Nine people will be joining Andrew and I at this lodge for the entire week. It's going to be so much fun. There's going to be so much conversation and so much opportunity to just sit down one-on-one -on -one or go for a walk and reflect on life and talk about these insights and have a good laugh and then go home and find the meal cooked for us and ready to eat at the table. And then we can sit down by the fire or go play some pool or sit in the hot tub. It's going to be an incredible week is what I'm saying. I'm going to stop rambling about it now, but I'm very excited. This is the first time we are doing this, and I've been wanting to do exactly this for roughly half my life. 20 years ago or so, when I woke up, the only thing I wanted to do was share what I could see with everyone that was me. But nobody that was me recognized they were me. They were quite resentful about the idea that they were me. And so there was no possibility to have this conversation. And so I had to work on myself. I had to get out of my own way, stop trying to save the world, stop trying to make it this giant movement that needed to happen and make it more of an insight that settled in more and more over time and affected my life in an organic way that rippled out to everyone else. And so after 20 years of giving up on trying to change the world and giving up on trying to find other people who know they're me, suddenly there's so many me's and it's very very exciting i'm going to stop rambling now this is community topics number 13. the topics today are very very exciting as well i'm stoked for this conversation we're going to talk about the process of unlearning which should be fun because the idea of even saying there's a process to unlearning is kind of contradictory we're not going to talk about the process of unlearning but we're going to talk about the phenomenon of unlearning and how nonlinear that process or non-process can be. And then we're gonna discuss the, the difficulty in approaching a long-term difficult situation in awareness. It's one thing to say that as you go through momentary discomfort, you can get out of your own way and remove your opinion and all of that and align with the moment so you can get through that experience. It's another thing when you have to deal with something for a very long time, uh, such as an illness or perhaps uh, a court ruling. That's a long-term problem. That's something you're going to work through layer by layer by layer. So 
how do you do that without it knocking you off your feet? So we will start with the process of unlearning. I'm going to pass it to Andrew. Otherwise, I'm just going to keep talking because I am that excited. All right. Unlearning. This is one of my favorite topics, I think. And it's one that anytime I'm asked for you know, a piece of advice or a book recommendation, I often turn to this recognition of, of unlearning, which I equate to just questioning reality really is, is a lot of what it comes down to, or at least questioning is a part of the umbrella of unlearning everything you've believed be the truth about, be it yourself or reality or, or other people or certain situations and the way you think they are, or other people's opinions of you and the way you think they think you are. And, and so whenever I'm asked to you know, leave someone if I'm on a podcast and they're like, what is one piece of advice you have for people? It's, it oftentimes I come back to question everything like the, the process or the phenomenon, as Ray said, of unlearning is one of the most powerful things we can do, at least in our current society, I would say, because we are inundated with so much information and so many things throughout our lives that do have a lasting impact, especially as a, as a child going through childhood, we're like, we're literally like sponges. Like the way that our brain acts is, is like a sponge. And we're just constantly downloading all the situations we're experiencing, all the information that we're, we're being fed and, and all the situations that we see, we're like, Oh, this must be how it is. So the, the process of unlearning, especially in our current society, or phenomenon of unlearning, I'll try and stop saying process, um, is so important because we do learn so many things. And there's so many things that be a conscious or subconscious that dictate our lives, especially subconscious. So as certain activities or, or certain beliefs about yourself or certain actions arise or desires to do certain things, I think in the moment for me, the phenomenon of unlearning is just being able to question it, being able to look it in the face and recognize that it's not the truth, be it a belief, belief about myself, a belief about reality, a belief about someone else. And it's not to say that you can't ever or shouldn't ever, you know, make assumptions by any means, but I think there's a very limited amount of times that that's going to be at all beneficial to make assumptions. So eventually through this phenomenon of, of questioning and unlearning, there just aren't going to be as many assumptions that are left. So there aren't going to be as many big things to unlearn. I think there's constantly going to be things that are, that are arising, but you know, in our ego, so that's kind of my preface to this whole thing. So in our, in our egoic, very egoic based society, a lot of people are always trying to learn more and to build up this idea of themselves. And that has no end, as we've talked about before, like the ego is never satisfied. And, and it's not to say that reading books and learning more things is, is ever a bad thing. But I think we get very caught up in that being the only thing and not having the balance of also along the way, questioning all the things we believe to be the truth about ourselves. Because as we learn more, learn more, learn more, add more, add more, add more. It's almost like there are layers being placed on top of that foundation of our beliefs about our, ourselves or reality. And if that foundation's fucked up and based on a bunch of shit that isn't actually true, and we just believe to be the truth because it makes us feel more comfortable and give us false sense of certainty about our idea of ourselves, which we cling to so much, 
then the things that are built on top of it are going to be fucked up as well. So it's very important to to question those fundamental aspects about what you think you are or the idea of yourself or the ideas you hold on to about reality. And, and what does that phenomenon look like? It really just looks like questioning them as they arise and recognizing that they're never, ever the truth. Like anything you think about yourself, any idea you hold on to by yourself is never going to be the truth of what you are. So keeping that in mind as things arise can help you to question them because, you know, when it comes down to it, we're not something that's separate from reality. We are just process. We are just change happening in every single moment. So any stagnant idea that we hold on to could never, ever possibly be the truth of what we are. So a constant state of questioning is kind of necessary to be free because any sense of certainty we ever hold on to is just going to put us in a comfortable prison. But you know, people like their comfortable prisons. So that's a big reason why I think that unlearning is such an important aspect, especially in our current society. I will agree with that. And I will say thank you for attempting to use the word phenomenon instead of process there. And it gives a good example of what we're talking about because it is a difference in perspective, right? When we're thinking about a process, we're thinking about a series of events that eventually get us to a certain state of mind. Whereas unlearning or questioning in the moment in the present is its own journey there's no process there it immediately happens and you are immediately changed as a result of doing so and then you move on to the next moment and so each and every moment is its own event but we we typically look at a series of events and think of them as a process instead of each event being its own distinct journey which is very much the case this is why krishnamurti was saying that change can only happen outside of time change only happens now. We can't say I'm going to change in the future because when we do change, it will be now. And it's only now that we can change. Often we'll say I will change later for the sake of avoiding change, as it were, because it's only in the present that we can. But it's again, it's a different perspective and it's a different perspective than what we've been taught. And that's really what you're saying is that we grew up with a whole bunch of concepts that were taught to us based on the mentality that was dominant in the world or in the environment that we grew up within. So that environment said, hey, you're part of us, think like us, this is how we work. And we did that. But the problem is, is that that environment is only looking at it from a certain perspective. Like if you were to look back at say prehistoric humans, the sun would go up, the sun would go down, the sun would go up, the sun would go down. We didn't know what was happening there. We didn't know that the earth was spinning or that the planets were moving or any of that. We, we just knew it was a ball in the sky and it would come up in the day and it would disappear at night. And so we'd come up with stories about how the ball went up in the sky and where it went at night. And that made us feel better. So every day we weren't suddenly going, oh God, thank God it's here. Where'd it go? Like we didn't panic each and every day because now we had some kind of a conceptual understanding to rely on so we can move on to other things rather than always dealing with that uncertainty. And then an eclipse happens and we're all shit in our pants again because it's not part of the story that we've made up. And that's the downfall. The stories, the assumptions, the concepts are meant to be useful tools to help us get through something emotionally, to help us kind of come to terms with what we've understood so far and move on from there. But then we get attached to them because they offer certainty and certainty is addictive. Certainty and familiarity is very comfortable and therefore addictive. And that is the problem. That's the only problem is that we get stuck on a particular answer. And this is where 
scientists have a lot of problems in terms of well, Newtonian physics and quantum mechanics. They don't necessarily agree, but they do see eye to eye. It's just that there are they are radically different perspectives of the universe, which is why a lot of people are having problems with this idea of the universe not being locally real. It's a very difficult thing to grasp when you are a body in a physical universe, as opposed to a subjective awareness of that universe, where suddenly it's much easier to grasp the idea that the universe does not exist separate from you. It doesn't exist anywhere separate from you, which is mind-blowing, but you could not take that in if you were attached to the idea that you are a human body on a physical planet that doesn't know you're here and is disconnected from you. You can't see that connection because you are in the way. And so when we're talking about unlearning, what I like to do, or at least this is something that I've, I've used as a tool many times over the years, is just to imagine like I just got dropped on the planet without knowing anything at all. This is something I actually find really funny in a psychedelic experience. I will often focus in on like the smallest little details of something, whether it be a blade of grass or, or uh, the material on the carpet or something like that, because there's so much detail within each and every little thing, but we never look at them. We always take things at, safe, at face value. That's just a carpet. That's just the grass. That's just a tree, right? Because we're so sure but we're not sure, we're just convincing ourselves that we're sure so we can continue moving at the pace that we're moving, which gives us a sense of control, gives us a sense that we're getting somewhere, gives us a sense that there is a purpose and we're becoming something and all of that stuff. And it just takes us away from the moment that would provide an insight. It takes us away from the moment that would give us the opportunity to see the world in a completely different way. And this is why I enjoy the fact that there are so many inventions and so many discoveries by people who weren't scientists, who weren't mathematicians, who just spent a lot of time alone. <laughs> they just spent a lot of time alone thinking about stuff, letting their brain go through things. And suddenly they're like, oh, that's an interesting thing. And they went with it. And that's what we always have access to, but we get stuck. We start looking up to people who have insights, like they're the source of that insight instead of everything is the source of insight. All we have to do is get out of the way and we are the source of the insight. Yeah. Oh man. It's funny. Like the more I've gotten out of the way and even let go of the idea, like for myself, for videos, for example, like I sort of got caught in the idea that I make a certain type of video and I talk about certain things and I have a certain structure and it works. You know, I was able to grow my accounts quite a bit, but as much as something can work for a little, as long as we get attached to it, we're creating that prison for ourselves. And there's going to be a restriction to being free in that like we don't feel free no matter how well it works no matter how much money we make off of that structure that we're holding on to it becomes a prison inevitably and so since i sort of recognize that and let go of it like it 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 kind of like uncapped that ability to tap into more insights and all of a sudden like because i'm not holding on and, I, and for the last month or so i've not been holding on to any sort of set structure for videos like all these different ideas start coming up and all this creativity comes up and it's because i've let go of this idea that i create a certain type of video and i say a certain type of thing and act a certain way and all this shit that i didn't even fully understand i was holding on to but i clearly was and i was starting to and eventually you know at first you start feeling that way and it's like 
you kind of ignore it and it's like, oh, it's it's working though, so it's fine. And then eventually it gets too loud and you're either going to keep suffering or you're going to let it go. And I was able to let it go and it's been awesome, but it wasn't without, you know, a couple weeks of like internalizing it and not wanting to to do that. And it's it was almost like a like we talked about in the last community topics, almost like a procrastination for myself because I I was resisting that change. I was resisting the shift to different types of things. And a lot of that was because I was afraid that, you know, I didn't, I was getting into a new thing. Like I had this thing that works super well and now I'm trying some new stuff. Like how are people going to respond? I know how people respond to this. They really like this stuff. They really enjoy it. They do pretty well. The TikTok algorithm likes this type of stuff too. And so as I, as I shifted, it was like a new thing. I was learning new stuff, how to edit videos differently, how to do all sorts of different things. And there's a lot of uncertainty with that. And so anytime we we hold on to or get into something that's a little bit less certain, we sort of like probably resist it at first for a bit. But through that, you know, first unlearning, and then it allows through that unlearning more capacity in our brains and our minds for other things to arise. But we have to be willing to create space for that in a way. And that's that's almost that phenomenon of it is being able to let go of the old, of the known, of what we've always done to allow for, for new things to arise, new insights to arise, new learning experiences to arise. And the other thing you mentioned that I want to talk about because it's something I think about all the time. Whenever I do, it's like the most freeing thing ever. And it's actually more or less along the lines of the recognition that woke me up was that what if I was just dropped on the planet? right now? What if I was just born in this moment, like literally born right now, like literally right now, as I'm talking, like I was imagining it as Ray, as Ray was explaining this, I was like, fuck, that's, that's a lot of freedom. I'm saying, I'm still saying stuff. I still know stuff. I still know how to speak and all of that. And that's the thing that a lot of people will push back and be like, oh, well, then I wouldn't know how to talk. And it's like, you still do. You don't have to hold on to the idea of you. You don't have to hold on to illusions. You don't have to hold on to narratives or stories or any ideas to still know how to do shit that you've learned. But in that, you're free because you're no longer conceptually holding on to all the ideas that you've always brought with you. And so whenever I that sort of hits me, like I've made a couple of videos where I'm just like, clearly almost like glowing and I'm because I had just sort of thought of that. And it's like, dude, earth is crazy. Like this is a crazy place. And I've thought about this idea of earth being almost like a zoo that we're a part of. There's just no guardrails to it. And it really is like when you let go of the settling on, oh, a tree is just a tree. Oh, a bird's just a bird. It's like you can walk outside right now and see wild animals, even if it's just, you know, just I say just in quotes as if it's not a big deal, but like seeing a squirrel running around, seeing a bird, seeing a frog, seeing a deer out in your backyard, like that's fucking cool. And being able to just wander through all of it. Like there's so much novelty when you let go of all of that certainty that we, as Ray mentioned in the past, utilized to make life a little bit more easier, but then we've settled on it and pushed it to the side, compartmentalized it so we can, you know, progress and, and do new things. And it's like, that's where all of the beauty and, and joy and enthusiasm lies in seeing those little things and kind of getting caught up in them and, and being in awe of it. And it's a lot more exciting, but 
you got to be willing to let go of everything you believe to be true, all of the concepts you hold on to, all of the beliefs about the way things are, because they're never that. And through that phenomenon of letting go, of, of unlearning, of questioning all the things you believe to be the truth, on the other side of that is that awe, is that enthusiasm, is that inspiration, is that opportunity for new insights to arise as you let go of all the things you believe to be true and, and are so damn fucking certain of <laughs> that you never are including the process or, or the phenomenon of unlearning like we think of everything in a particular way and so it's not necessarily anything other than just admitting maybe there's another way to see this that is acceptable you don't have to go maybe i was wrong because maybe your ego doesn't like that and you're not prepared to deal with that acceptance right now maybe you don't want to accept that you're wrong Perhaps you can just not be correct. Perhaps you can just not be accurate. Perhaps there's another layer to things. However you need to phrase this or look at it in order to make it more palatable for yourself, it's just about blurring those rigid lines. That's really all it's about because if you can do that, then you're always open to a new insight. You're not holding that insight off, which is what we're doing. And so even with the process or the phenomenon of unlearning, you almost have to relearn or let go of why you want to unlearn. This is really important. Like a lot of us are like, yeah, I want to unlearn all this stuff so I can be free. That thought is a product of your old mentality. That thought is actually one of the things you want to unlearn. You are free. There's no freedom to get to, right? But as long as you think there is, that's your prison. So it's really about just questioning everything, everything, because you never know. What you do know is your existence. What you do know is the here and now. And that's not conceptual. That's what you are. What do you want to do with it? If you want to repeat an experience you've had before, treat everything as though it was the experience you had before. If you want to have an entirely new experience, not just of the world, but of yourself in the world, then you have to let go of the past. Because each and every experience is a new opportunity. It's infinite opportunity because you can go in any direction you want. People miss this all the time, but I try to make the point. I go down to the mailbox down the street every day or two, typically, when I remember to go and get the mail. On that path, even though I've done it for the last year because I live here, I could just drop my keys take off all my clothes, go sprinting across the golf course, hop across the highway and disappear in the woods, come out years later as a raving madman. I could do that. That is a possibility. I don't do that, but I could. Why don't I do that? Well, a couple of reasons. I've, I've done the bush thing and I'm, it's cold and I don't want to be naked. But aside from that, we automatically assume we wouldn't do that because it's not possible. I would never do something like that. No, you could do something like that. It's just that you habitually don't do something like that. And you've convinced yourself that because you haven't, you can't. And that's the difference. It's not that you can't. Either you won't or don't want to, sure. And that's fine. I don't want to go streaking across the golf course. So I'm not going to do that. But I'm not going to tell myself I can't do that. I absolutely can do that. That is in the realm of possibility, unless I'm holding on to an idea of myself. <gasps> I would never do that. I could never. That's not necessarily true. It really depends on the situation, the mood I'm in, 
possibly whatever substances I've taken at the time. There, there, there are influences is what I'm saying, but you can't ever decide this is the only way to deal with my life. This is the only way to perceive the situation. This is the only way to be and feel like myself because you have had numerous points in your life where you've been like, well, this is who I am. And then five years later, been somebody entirely different. It's just that you don't have the context to actually look back at how different you were because you're so involved with where you are now. But if you could have that context, if you could sit down and honestly, just clearly look back at say every year of your life, clearly, what you would see is an entirely different person from year to year with some similarities, sure, but an entirely different person with new opportunities and new insights and new expressions and new potential, right? And the only restriction is how much that person was holding on to the person they were the year before. A fucking man. <laughs> and it's, it's very interesting because in that acceptance almost of the recognition that you could do anything and you aren't any longer restricted to the one thing that you've always done. You see options, you see opportunities, you see new ways of looking at things. But as long as you're holding on to that sweet, sweet, false sense of certainty that you could never do this, or, or this is how people respond to this type of situation, then you're not going to be able to see all of the options because you're cutting yourself off from the recognition that there are any options. And so that brings us to our next topic, which is how to approach long-term difficult situations. And there is a very broad spectrum of situations that are more difficult, long-term, you know, long-term, even that term is not set in stone. Long-term could be a week, long-term could be a year, could be 50 years, don't know. But as I was mentioning, in the acceptance that you could do anything, you could respond in any way, and you don't have to necessarily respond in a certain way. You don't always have to be super positive about something. I think that's a very important recognition that there's nothing wrong with any way that you respond, and there's no rules to how you have to respond. And in that recognition that you could, you are able to be super mad, be super pissed off, like cry about it, complain about it. Those are all potential options. There's also the opportunity to let all of that go. There's the recognition that all of those things are going to perpetuate your suffering to a degree. I'm not saying don't do any of those things. Your immediate reaction to a situation is always going to be fraught with emotions. Like there's very little way to get around that unless you're like sedated or something or, you know, whatever, like you're going to have emotional responses to, you know, the news of a longer term difficult situation coming out, you know, any type of situation. And, and so just like an example for me that has happened recently is tearing my ACL. I've now done it twice in my life. So this is sort of a thing that is a longer term thing. Like there are things I now do in my life or things that I don't do in my life that growing up, I really enjoyed doing. And it's not that I am necessarily bummed about it. It's just kind of the way it is because I see that there are options and there's trade-offs with, with everything. And so just like kind of to go through this situation, I tore it uh, when I was 18, end of high school, uh, playing soccer. And then I tore it uh, almost two years ago now, uh, skiing. And 
both times, like the first time I knew, like as soon as it happened, it was like, I just tore my ACL and I'd never done it before. And the second time I kind of knew I did something not great to it. And I was just hoping that it wasn't it. And then found out and in finding out, like the interesting part was they were about what almost 10 years apart, eight years apart or so. And I was in a much different mentality the second time back about two years ago. Um, just, you know, with meditation, not being able to like observe my reactions and emotions and things. And so I had a, I was able to sort of not get too worked up about it. And I kind of talked about it in some videos around the time that it happened. But when I first found out from the doctor that I had torn my, like it was torn, I broke down. I, my family was there. I was out in, in Utah and I just like started crying. I was like so bummed, but it was, it didn't last that long. And then because I knew like I could keep complaining about it, I could keep sulking about like, you know, why me, why this have to happen? I wish this didn't happen. I had all these plans that I wanted to do. I was going to, you know, ski all winter, all that shit. Like I could keep doing that, but it's going to keep perpetuating my suffering. It's going to keep causing me to feel like shit as opposed to, and like delay my ability to get back to a, you know, semblance of a normal quote unquote normal existence. And so in that recognition though, also that I could keep doing that, I was able to see more clearly that I didn't have to. And I think a lot of times we get caught up in one side or the other. We think, oh, this is how people respond to this. I'm going to be super angry. Like that, that would be crazy if I, if I wasn't super angry about this. And then on the flip side, sometimes people are like, oh, I shouldn't get angry because I'm, you know, be it they're into meditation or spirituality or, or whatever fucking narrative they're holding on to. So like, I, I don't have to respond in this way, even though they're hurting and in pain and they're like suppressing those emotions. So there's a balance between feeling it, but then seeing options. So that's just an example that I experienced. And then, you know, now in my life, I, you know, I don't play soccer anymore. I still ski, but I wear a brace and I don't go on jumps. I don't go in the trees as much. So like there's certain things that I have decided not to do anymore because there's a lot of shit I enjoy doing in life. Like I loved skiing was always one of my favorite things growing up and I'm grateful I'm still able to be out there. But you know, I loved hitting jumps too and going like really fucking fast down the mountain. And I just don't do that as much anymore. It's not that I can't, like I could, but there's, you know, you got to weigh the uh, risk reward situation there as well. So there's lots of things in my life that I just don't do anymore because I don't feel like dealing with that type of situation anymore. And it's not to say that I can ever completely avoid going through an experience like that again, but there are things you can do and ways you can sort of practice not getting, putting yourself in a situation that is going to run a very high risk of it. So it's just about being aware, making the trade-offs where you, where you feel comfortable and knowing that there is no right answer, but there are always options. Yeah. Acceptance is always bittersweet until you finally do it. Just something I've had to learn as well. I know when I got diagnosed with uh, pigmentary glaucoma, they weren't very, uh, they weren't very gentle about the news. They basically told me I had a limited amount of time before I was going to go blind. And so I went home and I 
I cried. I cried to Melissa and I cried for the fact that I might not see my daughter turn 20 or I might not see my daughter turn 30 or graduate university or any of those things. And, and so all of a sudden this whole narrative of what I wouldn't be able to do went through my head. And then my daughter walks up to me. And at the time she was, I think a year and a half. So she had just learned to walk and as she kind of comes up and she, she grabs onto my leg and I remember and like, right, I'm here now. I can still see her now. And so that became the focus. It wasn't, I'm going to piss this away based on my idea of what might happen in the future, based on what I think I'm losing. I'm going to appreciate what I have while I have it to whatever degree I have it. And so I did that. And all of a sudden it became a different matter. Instead of complaining about the pain that I was going through or complaining about the nausea or complaining about what I couldn't see, it was about what I could see. It was about how I could change my attitude about that nausea or about that pain. Because the expression, it is what it is, is super powerful. But the second part to that is, what am I dealing with what is? Because that's where your influence is. You can accept what is, what are you gonna do with it? Are you gonna say, it shouldn't be? I prefer it wasn't. Or are you going to work with what you have? And that's really all we can do. I remember uh, we had somebody contact us. This was early on in the podcast. I think it was in season two. And they had asked about their medical situation. They basically have to do regular dialysis. They're in pain all the time. They have very little mobility, but they're only in their 60s. They have quite a bit of life ahead of them still, potentially. How do I get over this? And my only advice was let go of your opinion of the dialysis, let go of your opinion of what you're going through. Stop thinking it means anything about you as a person. I know that's very difficult to not feel like this is unfair, but there is no fair. There is just what you have and what you can do with it. And about a month later, I was really happy to hear that that person wrote back to me and said, thank you so much. I've actually been able to find bright points in my days as a result of just letting go of feeling sorry for myself. I've actually found moments where I can enjoy my life where before I was just complaining about the hand that I was dealt. And so I know it's small consolation, especially when you're going through something difficult, but it does help and it does eventually lead you to an acceptance and a, a new state of mind where you can actually do more with what you're doing in general. But Andrew had a really good point. Part of that is accepting that change isn't bad. Just because you can't do the things that you used to do doesn't mean that you can't enjoy your life in the same way that you used to enjoy your life. It's just that you're going to find that enjoyment in different things. And I think it's really important before something terrible happens to you to practice that, to not just stick to what you're good at, not just stick to what you know, not just stick to what you're familiar with, but go out there and challenge yourself now while you're healthy, while you're not dealing with anything long-term. Go out there and get used to adapting and finding joy in anything you do not just one or two things, but in the act of doing itself, because then that skill will carry with you for the rest of your life, no matter what it is that you're going through. On that note, now that we've talked about the physical stuff, I wanna talk about the other stuff in terms of dealing with a long-term situation, say a custody battle, um, legal complications, could be really anything uh, where you have to go through this, where you have to deal with your ex-wife, where you have to deal with the court, where you have to deal with some degree of law enforcement, where you have to go through an extended period of jumping through hoops because of the system that we, that we live in and because of a situation that you managed to find yourself in. 
that situation sucks. And I'm not going to get into details about what I've gone through in my life, but I can say this right now. It's the same lesson. Let go of your opinion. Let go of your assumptions. Let go of the urge to judge people based on how you feel going through that situation. Sometimes when we have to go through a situation where there are many moving parts and many different people involved, particularly law enforcement or the legal system, I'm talking about specifically here, it's very tempting to look at those people who are involved with this and vilify them like they are deliberately out to get you and forget that it's actually their job. Forget that you know, they are in that job because of choices that they made in their own life. They may not necessarily see what you're going through because they're so busy focusing on what they're going through, which you don't see. So if you can, going through these situations, try to remember, they're you too. They can't see you. And sometimes you can't see them or others. So try to be forgiving, which doesn't mean justify what they're doing, because sometimes people in those roles are egotistical assholes. I'm not going to lie about that. But like every egotistical asshole, myself included, we get there out of confusion. We get there out of the influence of people around us. We get there through a path. It's not like we're born assholes. And if you can remember that, then perhaps you can see through who they've become to who they used to be, which is you, and find some degree of connection. And in those small moments of connection, you may actually change the rapport entirely. You may actually change everybody's opinion of you simply because you're no longer fighting against them, because you're no longer validating their perspective of you as being against them as well. Just some advice. Yeah, I feel like with this conversation, there's not necessarily like a end-all be-all answer. Like, we're not going to say anything here. It's like, this is it. This is all you got to do. Everything will be sunshine and rainbows and it solves anything. Like, there's some stuff in life that fucking sucks donkey dick. And that's how it is. But as we've talked about with the other situations, like, it's being able to see what you can do with it and letting go of the idea that things should be different than they are. As long as you're holding on to that, there's going to be suffering. The gap between where you're at and where you think you should be or what you think you should be doing or what you wished you would be doing, that gap's always going to have a degree of suffering within it. But with that recognition, you can recognize that coming back to the moment that you're in is always available. The moment that you are is always available. And oftentimes the, the real pain, sometimes it is immediate. Sometimes it's right there, right in front of you. You're going through it and it just fucking sucks. And you just got to eat it and keep moving forward. That, that old saying, if you're going through hell, keep going, don't stop, just keep going. But I think what you can do is let go or at least work on letting go of the narratives of the fear of where this is going to lead because there is no certainty in any of it there's no certainty in another situation even being better you know like we have this idea that oh this is you know this situation i wish i wasn't in it and it it could my life could have been so much better and it's like at the same time it could also be a lot worse too like there's so much desire or or feeling like we know exactly what the best thing is. And this idea that 
oh, if only this had happened, my life would have been so much better. And even for for any type of situation, something that helped me with, you know, with tearing my ACL a couple of years ago was the recognition that like I was starting to ski like a fucking maniac that that winter. And who's to say that tearing my ACL was the worst thing that could have happened? Like I was skiing through the trees. I was going really fast. Like I could have hit my head on anything and died. Like there's always as much as, you know, we don't like to get caught up in hypotheticals or think, you know, those identity based things or gratitude and things like that. There are sometimes those recognitions is, is what you need to see when you're deep in the shit that, oh, there is no certainty that this is even the worst thing that could be happening. And, and even best or worst is like, it's all so subjective. So coming back to your reality in the moment is sometimes all you can do and seeing things for what they are and, and recognizing that there is no certainty beyond this moment. I have no idea where it's going to lead. I have no idea if this thing, say, for example, you're in a long-term jail sentence, like you get caught up in the idea that, oh, this is, you know, 20 years, 40 years, the rest of my life. And the reality is that you don't even know that. You don't know if, you know, this shit's going to change tomorrow, next week, next month, and, you know, new evidence comes out and things change. And it's not to say that you want to hold on to that hope. It's like, but letting go of the certainty that this is going to be it tomorrow and next week and next year. And in 10 years, you're going to be in the exact same situation. And in that sort of like relaxing into the uncertainty, again, you start to see more options. You start to see, oh yeah, I'm here now, but there are things I can do here as well. It's not to say that this is anyone would say that like, this is where they want to be if they had the choice of doing anything, but it is what it is at the end of the day. And, and it's not, and it's not an easy field to solve. This is not an easy conversation to have, especially depending on, you know, there's certain situations coming to mind that are just very, very difficult to deal with. But a lot of times it's just, you have to be willing to accept where you're at, let go of the narrative and, and recognize that there is no certainty beyond this moment. And you really don't know what it's going to lead to, what you're going to learn from the situation, how it's going to impact the rest of your life. So letting go of that, letting go of that degree of certainty, letting go of that narrative in that sort of acceptance, there is peace somewhere in there. And sometimes the only way to get through it is getting through it, is doing it. Absolutely. And to drop the note just a little bit, because of course, polar end of the perspective here, um, often it's difficult to come to terms with what's happening because our mind immediately creates a worst case scenario. This is what's going to happen. This is why this is so terrifying to me. This is why this is so bad. And we'll do everything we can to avoid looking at that. We'll complain about it. We'll feel bad for ourselves. We'll try and convince ourselves, oh, it's not going to be the case. It's not going to be the case. Whereas deep down, we know that might be the case. It's possible that worst case scenario could come to pass, but we don't want to accept it. And so for me, that's the first place I go. I go straight to the worst case scenario. I think to myself, what is the worst that could happen right now? And then from that, I think, and what would I do? How would I rebuild from there? And as soon as everything's burnt to ash and you realize you can rebuild, everything short of that isn't really that big a deal. And that's really what, what it comes down to is recognizing that even if your worst fears were to happen, 
you are still going to be here rebuilding. And I understand that in some cases, your worst fears could be dying. You're the awareness of reality. And I know that's small consolation if you're really attached to your current body and your current incarnation. And it's difficult to see all of this, but this is why we encourage you to unlearn your current perspective of yourself, to question your current perspective of yourself, because that discomfort at the idea of death, that idea that you will end with this body is unfortunately something that you have learned to think. It's a habit and it's based on the environment that you've grown up within. But if you can question that to the point where you recognize exactly what you are, then the worst case scenario is no longer really a worst case scenario because you are eternal and will always be everyone. Amen. Fuck yeah. Yeah, that is a powerful recognition. I think you tied you tied these two topics together pretty damn well there. And it's like we we went through and out the other end. And here's some shit we talked about at the start of the episode that can help you at the end of the episode. And so maybe you just want to listen to it on repeat. I might do this tomorrow and just go back and be like, oh fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Ray was Ray was right. Letting go more of that. All of a sudden there aren't so many worst case scenarios because it really does come down to the idea of us and i've i've thought about a lot of different situations that we suffer through and been able to granted i was high as balls i had smoked uh yeah a lot of my packs that i didn't bring down to costa rica and i don't know i'm i haven't smoked weed in a while but um you know i there was a day where i got super baked walking around new york and just thought of every situation that we suffer through and was able to tie all of it back to identity and and I would get to a situation and be like, hmm, I don't know how that ties back. And then I just kind of let it sit and then it would like hit me all of a sudden a few minutes later. And the last thing I sort of got to was death and that fear of death being like, you know, the worst case scenario and yet inevitable for the idea of ourselves. And really it's all it comes down to is it's the end of the idea, the end of the illusion of you. And on the other side of that is freedom from the illusion. So as much as we fear death, it's available to us right now. And beyond that, we're free to be or do anything. All of a sudden, we're no longer tied to all of those things that we've learned, all those things that we hold on to for that false sense of certainty, because the reality is you're already dead. The illusion, the idea of you is nothing more than an illusion. It's an illusion right now. And yet the more we hold on to it, the more we cling to it, the more real it feels, the more fear we have, the less freedom we experience. And so the fear of death is nothing more than the fear of the illusion of you ending, but that's where freedom lies. How many people are really free in this reality? Like we're all holding on to some shit. And I'm not to say that I'm not holding on to shit as well, but working on it, questioning it as, as often as I can. And, and the more I do, the, the less I fear death, the less that long-term worst case situation is such a bad thing because if there's no certainty now it's like andrew sort of is already dead and then it's just like i'm just reality and i've always been reality and and always will be reality so it comes down to questioning comes down to recognizing that you don't actually know anything for sure right now not the least of which being yourself the idea of you that you hold on to for that false sense of certainty and, and bring into every situation and allow it to dictate how you act because you don't have to. And in the letting go of that, in the questioning of that, there's not much fear of anything 
left, quite frankly. And that's when you're free. And there's a wonderful transition that happens that I've noticed. And, and it really comes down to, again, changing that perspective of yourself. Because once you stop focusing on yourself and the end of you or the illusion of you, well, you recognize that you're everything. So I'll give you the example of my daughter and myself. Once I stop feeling sorry for myself for what I'm going through in terms of my eyes or, or whatever it is I'm going through, I'm not going to get into everything that I go through in my life. But the point is, is that once I stop feeling sorry for myself, all of a sudden now I'm turning it into something that helps me grow. Now I'm turning it into something that helps me expand my opportunities. I'm turning it into something else. And my daughter is watching me do it, who is also me in another incarnation. So by letting go of my limited version of Ray or my limited idea of Ray as being who I am, I am contributing more to my eternal self, to the path of our eternal awareness as it moves forward. What better way to use your pain? What better way to use the suffering that you're going through than to help it educate the rest of you to alleviate that suffering in all of the other incarnations that are currently here? But it really just comes down to letting go of the idea that you're just a small piece of the puzzle because you are the entire puzzle. And when you recognize that, the puzzle changes. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, fuck. That's, that's a cool way to think of things. That's a good way to, to wrap this episode up, I think, is, is that recognition that we always have the opportunity. And as we let go more and more of seeing ourselves as separate, you're able to see yourself in everything as those walls drop. And then you can see the opportunity not only to let go of your own suffering, but to help reality as reality, help, help it moving forward because all of our actions will echo in eternity as they always have. And when you recognize the, the gravity and the opportunity that we have in every situation, no matter how fucking difficult it seems in the moment, there is opportunity to shift all of reality and all of a sudden make that response that we've so habitually gotten used to of anger, of fear, of resent, of disappointment. As we let go of those and we see more opportunities to respond, see things in a different light, you shift all of reality's response to that situation. And then it's like, oh, it's so cool to be able to, yeah, see things in that way. I think it's a very powerful and, and freeing recognition that the opportunities that we have to let go of our struggles, of our suffering, and, and see the things that lie beyond it, there's so much freedom and, and opportunity in that to continue to impact reality as other people, as ourselves, as our environment, as the situation that we're going through. As we change, all of reality changes. What a fantastic way to honor our suffering to accept it and to use it and to let it inform the rest of us. I think that's fantastic. And on that note, we're going to end community topics number 13. I do want to say thank you to our listener for joining us today. I also want to remind you that there are no more community topic episodes until after the retreat. So if you would like to suggest a topic in Discord, please do so. We will have a large amount of suggestions for the next community topics, I have no doubt. Uh, we look forward to your suggestions. We love these episodes. Thank you so much for joining us and for contributing to this. We grow from you as much as you grow from us, and we can't express our gratitude enough. So thanks so much for joining us. We will see you next week. Bye, everyone.